Well, good morning. I'll uh, also add that I'm Andrew's brother, so um, I just want to make sure he gets that, and the boy's uncle, and Sarah's brother. So anyway, you, you get the idea. But good morning to you all. It really is just a, a joy and privilege to be with you this morning, and I just want to, before I begin, just thank you for your faithfulness in this season. I, what a long and strange season it has really been for, for all of us and for uh, our churches, but I'm so grateful for your faithfulness and your steadfastness in this time. We, as a church, we're, we're a couple weeks away from being able to meet in person, uh, but we've been doing videos from just different churches that we partner with and different ministries and missionaries that we've been partnering with, and uh, Matthew was able to do a video for us. And just to hear of your, your faithfulness in this season and your, your continued love for one another, your generosity, your, your, your just continued faith, your just the way that you've been, just been doing evangelism creatively and just looking to serve in your community in, in this time. So thank you for your faithfulness. It has really, uh, it, it has been a, uh, an encouragement to us as a church. So just your daily faithfulness really is building us up in Fredericksburg. So thank you. And it really is just a, a joy and privilege to be with you and just to, to partner together in missions. And just there's several missionaries that I, I never know online if we say the names or not, but uh, that, that you would know the names of that we're able to partner together for. And uh, it really is just a joy to come beside you all and, and join you in our mission. Well, uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be looking at one verse this morning. We're going to be looking at Matthew 5, verse 7. Matthew 5, verse 7, which says this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Friend and I, we have a, a website that we like to go to regularly that uh, it just makes us laugh a lot. It, 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 it's a movie review website. And the, the premise of the site is that not just do they review movies, but the, it really puts the movies in, in the most basic and simplest of terms. And it almost makes the movie so simple that and, and, and so precise that you actually don't know what the movie's about. So, so here's, I mean, it, so the, the, the description of the, of the movie Rudy, so if you're familiar with the movie Rudy, just says, a young man tries to make the Notre Dame football team. So that's how it describes Rudy, which is accurate, but it kind of misses out the entire, you know, premise of the movie, really. And uh, the movie Titanic, it just says that the story of the famous vessel from 1912 and its maiden voyage. So they definitely didn't give any spoiler alerts there, but it uh, doesn't really capture the full movie. My favorite is its description of the movie Star Wars, which it just says this, the classic tale of father versus son set in space. So <laughs> these descriptions, you know, I mean, if you know these movies at all, right, they're, they're true, they strike me as true, but they fail to actually tell you what the movie is about, right? And deliver any, you know, fails to deliver any of the meaning or depth that, that is conveyed in these movies. And right, there, there's a beauty in these stories that they're trying to capture and, and write sort of characters that they're trying to build that this, is completely lost when it's distilled down too much, right? You know, I have a concern that, that many Christians do something similar when it comes to this beatitude, when it comes to this verse, that we, we say accurate things, that we can kind of get the basic gist of it, but, but we can distill it down so much that it lacks any of its actual meaning or beauty. But, you know, this verse is really meant to help govern the Christian ethic. It's a, it's a rich calling that we want to be careful not to distill down too much. So to see the meaning, we need to remember the context. So Jesus here is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he's in a section called the Beatitudes. Now, the Beatitudes are, are not primarily commands given to the Christian, though we 
the Christian ought to do them, but they are attitudes and ethics that mark the Christian life. This isn't to, you know, this is not due to become a Christian, but since you are a Christian, this is what is true of you. So, so walk in this way. And since this is what your identity is, so walk in the good of that identity. In the first several verses in the Beatitudes, he begins with our heart attitude towards God. So blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit. These are heart attitudes towards God. But now in verse 7, he is shifting to our attitudes towards other people and the world around us. So blessed are the merciful. This is probably obvious, but, but this must be about our relationship and how we view our fellow man, right? We, we cannot be merciful to God. God is not in need of our mercy. So being merciful to God is this impossible exchange. This is rather how we view and treat the world around us. And so the Beatitudes are about a disposition we receive from God and then give to others. And Jesus here isn't making this threat like, you know, unless until, you know, unless and until you show mercy, you, you will get no more mercy. It's not like, you know, it's not like that kind of thing, but it's you've already been given the mercy of God. And you can anticipate more mercy of God as you walk in the good of that. And so this is a, since you've already received it, live out your life in a way that demonstrates the mercy of God on others. So the Beatitudes are all about, you know, in a sense, the, the recognition that we need to be Christians before we can act as Christians, right? And so this is a sense of be, that God has shown you mercy, mercy so, so be merciful. And as you do, you will be blessed. You'll even receive more mercy. You'll be a recipient of not just mercy in the past, but a future partaker of mercy as well. And so when you walk mercifully, it verifies the mercy you've been given while it lays the groundwork for more and more mercy to be experienced in your life. And as you experience more, you'll, you'll give more. And as you give more, you'll experience more. There's just sort of, he's talking about this cycle that happens in the Christian life. And so this verse is right in a future tense, right? For they will receive mercy. But, but really, it has the past, present, and future mercy of God in mind, right? It assumes, if you're a Christian, that you've received it in the past, that you're experiencing it right now, and that you will continue to experience and you can anticipate more and more as you walk in the good of being his child. And so this verse is not the, the key to earning mercy, right? That's a, that's a failure of definition, right? Mercy, by its very nature, is, is never something that is deserved. So this is not earn mercy, so, so, so what is mercy? Well, mercy is probably very, right, likely what you think it is. Mercy and grace are often used at the same time in Scripture. They are similar ideas. Grace deals more with, with the sins of man, mercy more with the miserable condition because of sin or living in a sinful world, right? So in a sense, grace meets men in their sin and mercy meets men in their misery. Probably the closest other biblical word is the Old Testament word that's used frequently is, is that of loving kindness. That's really the idea behind mercy. So it's to look at the miserable consequences of sin and then to act in loving kindness. And while it often involves our emotions, it, it is more than that, right? It's a movement. It's an action. It's it, whether that be extending forgiveness or helping alleviating suffering in some way, that this is a movement that we make. So you might be thinking, okay, so mercy is extending forgiveness when asked, not seeking retribution, right? Maybe mercy sees the beggar on the street and offers a dollar or a meal. Mercy is being mistreated at school or at the office and, you know, not retaliating, but, but praying instead for that person, you know, not, not harboring bitterness, right? Mercy 
right, even in our context, right, is someone maybe having a different perspective on wearing a mask and, and assuming the best of them, not assuming, well, what would the other side, what, why do they say they're wearing a mask but, or not wearing a mask? But no, I'm just going to assume the best. I'm going to be charitable in my judgments. And at some level, if, if, if that's all that mercy is, that, that's hard at times, but in some ways it's an easy box to check. And I think what we've said of mercy is all true, but, but I think if this is where we stopped, we'd be doing what this movie description did, which is just, well, it's accurate, but it really fails to see the actual depth behind mercy. See, our calling to be merciful runs very deeply. It, it's not just an act here or there or an attitude towards a person here or there, but it's to flow out of our, of our new identity in Christ. It's a, it's a governing ethic of the Christian life. So to look at it more, I just want to look at three aspects of mercy this morning together. First aspect that I want to look at is mercy has a disposition. Mercy has a disposition. So I think people often put mercy in the camp of, well, it's this act that we do. It's giving to this. It's a, it's a certain interaction. Now that, that's an outflow of mercy but mercy primarily is a disposition of heart. It's a direction of our heart. It's an aim for the Christian or the one who is merciful. It's, it's basically they are merciful and they're looking for ways to express that. It's, it's aiming and it's walking and it's working at mercy. See, when we're walking in that direction, what's it mean? We're not, we're not waiting for it to come to us. It's looking for opportunities to express mercy and to be merciful towards others. It's in relationships around them or the world at large. It's in daily interactions, right? But it's looking to express this disposition of heart in whatever way it can. But you see, mercy, to be merciful, is an active pursuit of the Christian. So we need to be clear about something. Mercy is, is not lazy. As if sort of the dad who hears the kids fighting upstairs and just does nothing and says nothing, refusing to act. Well, yeah, I'm just being merciful to the kids in this. No, you're just being lazy in this situation, right? That, that's, not, that's not what mercy is. It's just this, well, I won't act in a situation. It's, mercy is not acting like we don't see evil around us. It's not telling the fallen world, hey, don't, don't worry about your sin. You know, that, that's not a big deal. Mercy is not acting like we haven't been hurt. Or that sin doesn't tear things apart. Mercy is, mercy is not indifference towards sin. It's loving those who are in sin. Or facing difficulty because of the consequences of sin. Or just simply due to living in a sin-fallen world. See, mercy is not ignoring sin. It's stepping into a situation with sin in it. In loving kindness. And mercy is also not the opposite of justice. It's not a promotion of injustice. See, mercy is the opposite of vindictive. It's the opposite of revenge, but, but, but it's part of justice, right? Part of justice is, is restoring things, making things right. And so mercy is really a way that justice is extended. Right? We, we all recognize, right, a judge in a courtroom who, who sentences the guilty, that, that's that's. That's acting on, on one aspect of justice, right? That's a right aspect of justice. But those who, who, who exercise mercy, they, they help restore what was broken, right? They, they help bring fullness to a situation. They don't just punish the guilty. They help restore what was lost and what was broken. That's a, that's, that's a fuller justice being brought to bear. And, and mercy is an aspect of, of justice in that way. It's a 
loving kindness towards those who are in need. Whether that be a spiritual need, whether that be something like not seeking retribution when wronged, or a physical need. It's a promotion of God's cause of justice in the world. That God's cause of, and all these terms are, are, are almost interchangeable, of shalom or, or wholeness, right? It's a promotion of God's cause in this way through loving kindness. So it's not in competition with the justice of God as if this would be, you know, blessed are those who are unjust and unfair and as if those would be good things. But it's, 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 it's walking in this tension, right? Or Micah says to, to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God, right? There's this justice and mercy at times, right? They're, they're gonna, we're going to feel a tension between them. But, right, right, so often, right, so just in parenting, right, so often, right, just there, there's this sense of, okay, we, we need to, as parents, hold the line. We need to be faithful to the standards, right, we see, but we want to be kind and we want to help them. We want to do all we can to help them, you know, help them succeed, right? There, there's this, oftentimes, there, there's this tension that we feel in parenting, in parenting, right? But these things aren't opposites. These aren't sort of one's this way and one's that way, but we, we hold them in tension. Justice and mercy are, are, are very much friends. They can only be navigated as we walk humbly, as Micah says, with our God. But blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who have just a disposition of heart to be merciful to others. And so one of the things about mercy is it's not simply an act. Now, I think a merciful disposition leads to acts, right? Like if you're somebody here who's like, well, good, it's not an act. I, I don't, that's good because I don't remember the last time I was merciful to, in a situation. I, I'd argue that's probably, can't argue that's your disposition then if you can't remember a merciful act. But it's not just an isolated act. It's not an emotion. Often it involves our emotion, but it's not, do I feel compassion for this person or this situation? But it's a disposition that, that at least it's a, it's a willful decision to be directed by this new disposition that God has given us. Second aspect of mercy that I want to look at is mercy has barriers. Mercy has barriers. And there's something quite counterintuitive about this beatitude because when he says blessed are the merciful right happy are the merciful you know it goes well with the merciful I mean it sounds good right we this is one of these verses that you know non-Christians like right this is one in our culture everybody agrees on right blessed are the merciful you know this is the Jesus everybody likes this is the Jesus that doesn't offend anyone until one realizes blessed is the merciful isn't this sort of empty sound bite it's not just well be kind to others kind of message that jesus is preaching see mercy is is costly and mercy hurts mercy pays a high price see what jesus is saying is blessed is the one that puts themselves in a position to pay dearly and to hurt and to be hurt again See, there's a way that human kindness and generosity can just kind of be put under the, the mercy umbrella or the mercy category. And sometimes that is costly. And sometimes it's not. But a lifestyle that pursues mercy is quite costly and quite messy. See, re real mercy is, is not overlooking sin. It's not acting like you don't see it or that's not a big deal. 
See, mer- mercy recognizes that sin is cosmic treason, that sin ruins lives, that sin ruins relationships, that sin tears apart what's meant to be unified. And when you're sinned against, when you, have, when you're, when you are in a sense, when you're torn apart, when you're caught in sin's destructive past, mercy doesn't seek revenge. Mercy forgives. Mercy doesn't just say the words you're forgiven. It, it, it's, it, it actually forgives. It doesn't count sin against others. It doesn't hold it against them. Mercy pays the cost themselves so that the other sinner won't pay it. Mercy assumes the best of the person. It restores and it reconciles. It, it absorbs the pain so that that other person will not. Which I'll just add, it hurts when you're sinned against. I mean, there, there's a sin against, you know, you're, you know, you're cut off in traffic and you were annoyed. And, but when you're sinned against by your children or your spouse or your parents or a deep friend, when someone in this room sins against you, when your pastor sins against you, when there's someone in your life that should have known better and they man they stepped on those toes and it hurt when they are the utter that word that hurts when you're excluded by them when you feel that man they, they just cut you in half it hurts you know there's a you know I'm a pastor in in Fredericksburg and the the two safest places I want in the world to be are my home and Mercy Hill. And so I'll just say, when, when hurt in those contexts happens, it hurts all the more. I'll just say, if, 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 you, if you're watching this or here this morning and, and you've not been hurt at Kingsway, thanks for visiting Kingsway. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, right? Sinners in community, right? The, the, they're going to sin and they're going to hurt. And when, when sinner and when in community, when sin happens, it really hurts. And in a time like this, in a season like this, let's say we're particularly vulnerable to, to, to step on toes and, and preferences. We have expectations that are not met. Listen, you can't have true community and not get close enough to not really get stepped on in a way that's painful. And there will be times when the brokenness of others simply breaks you in some way. There will be times when the call to be merciful will be done in pain and in hurt. And, and you're still going to be wounded and all your emotions will want to pay back in some way. All your emotions will put up a wall, want to put up a wall in some way. And mercy trusts the God of justice. Mercy doesn't ask, how do I feel about this person at this time? Mercy doesn't say, there, there's, no big, there's no pain, this isn't a big deal. Mercy looks to pull in when sin naturally pushes away. So mercy, mercy sounds easy, right? But it is just the opposite. It means you absorb the pain and the hurt and the exclusion and the mockery so that the other would receive love. There is a high emotional, it's often a painful cost to mercy. In the world around us, mercy is simply costly. See, mercy looks at a world in need and, and, and acts and it moves and it prays and it gives. And the one who is merciful, the one who has this disposition to act in mercy, doesn't, in a sense, wait for the needy to come knocking at their door. They make room for it in their schedule. They, they make room for it in their budget. They, they have eyes that are open to the needs around them. There's a dollars and cents cost to mercy. 
mercy moves towards the unpopular and towards the outcast in school. Not because that's ever going to be cool, but or that because that will ever gain popularity, because mercy knows, no, no, mercy knows that it'll cost to, to move towards the outcast in school. But it moves to where there's loneliness and the broken. It pays a high social cost. Mercy in community is quick to forgive and, and really extend forgiveness. And it lays down its own preferences and assumes the best. It doesn't wait for others to meet my preferences or see issues my way to welcome them into my community. Mercy gives of its time to serve practical needs around them, to volunteer on Saturdays and to go where the needs are. See, mercy isn't done at our convenience. It's, it rarely fits our schedules, but it pays with its time. See, mercy just has this huge barrier in front of it. And it's actually impossible on our own strength, right? To, to forgive, to pay the price required to deal with the consequences of sin, it has this obstacle because we are not by nature selfless, right? I don't, I don't need to know all of you to just know by nature. We don't like disadvantaging ourselves. We don't naturally love the one who pushes us away with their sin. The one that causes hurt and sacrifice, we're not naturally inclined to help. So on our own, it's impossible. But for the Christian... It is now part of their identity in Christ, so it goes from impossible to inevitable. So the third thing I want to look at this morning is mercy has one source. Mercy has one source. See, if the source of mercy was our own compassion, our own feelings towards other people at any given moment, if, our, if, our, so if the source of mercy was, okay, we're built up enough, all right, I'm ready for pain, bring it on, we're, we're never going to be merciful. How then are we merciful? Well, we are merciful by going to the source of all mercy, to, of all mercy. We are merciful because God has been merciful with us. He, he has been merciful. He is treating you with mercy right now. He will be merciful to us. He transforms us to, from who are selfish to be merciful. He transforms us, as, in a sense, from, from those who are wounded to those who are merciful. Now, listen, I want to be we're never going to be as merciful as God, right? That, that is simply impossible. But I believe we will seek to be as merciful in proportion to how much we believe, how much mercy we believe we've been given. And I would simply say, if you are a believer, Christian, you have been given an infinite amount of mercy. Because your sin, every one of your sins is cosmic treason against a pure, holy, and perfect God. And he didn't just, right, God just didn't forgive you. He invites you into his family, into fellowship with him. And he didn't do this after you begged and begged and, and you know, did all you could to sort of become, become his child. No, no, long before you saw your need, he sent Jesus to bear all your sins and all your shame and all your filth and all your guilt and all your brokenness. I love at the, at the birth announcement of Christ, right, what, what, what was declared? Oh, the mercy our God has shown because the world has suffered under the curse of sin, thousands of years of just being under the terror of being under the grip of sin. And he just displays this mercy to the world. But not just mercy to the world, mercy to each and every one of us. He met you and he met me while we hated God. While we were hostile to God, while we were running to hell. The, the, the testimony of all who are believers is not that we were sort of leisurely going along and we happened to turn down the wrong road somewhere. We were running to hell. 
And he took all that we deserved so that the offended God could pay the penalty and the price for sin and extend mercy to sinners. See, all of our sin is against the God of all holiness and beauty and transcendence and purity and love. And anyone who who sins against me, even in really painful ways, is so much less than what I do against a pure and holy God every day. Whatever whatever need you want to help with, what we we need to help these needs, listen, our need is so much greater than any need I'll ever help provide for. It's not just that if God didn't show us mercy and pity, right, that we'd be in trouble. Like we'd be teetering on the edge and we could go either way. If God did not show us mercy, we'd be in hell, eternally in anguish and pain and suffering. If God did not look down and pay all the cost of our sin and the penalty of our sin and bear the consequences of our sin, if if he treated us fairly, if he, if he waited for us to meet him halfway, I mean, we'd be done. But God has been rich in mercy towards you. If you're here or watching and you're not a believer, you've, you've never placed your faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Listen, I think it's, it's easy to misread this verse. It, it's easy just to say, okay, this is show mercy and then, you know, God will give me mercy after this life. Right, almost as if God will reward me for the, you know, sort of, I try to live a good enough life and then God will reward me at the end. And if, you're, if your plan for eternity is to live a good life and then hope for the best, your plan's doomed. Here's it, you don't want to be paid back by God. You don't want what you're owed by God. All your efforts is earnest and sincere and good as they may be, they don't cancel out one sin. You need mercy from God. All of our efforts can't can't do one bit to earn one fraction of our salvation. But God is rich in mercy. And right now, he is extending mercy to you to live another day on his earth, to breathe the air he created, And he is mercifully giving you more time and an invitation to turn from your own effort, your own way, and to turn to his mercy for your salvation. God's mercy is our only hope. But it's not just that we have only one hope of mercy. We have the guarantee that if we turn to him, he will never turn us away. So if you never have, I implore you to trust in Jesus Christ. For the rest of us, though, it's not just that God was merciful to us at one time, right? We look back, yep, he was merciful then or in one way. He pours out an infinite amount of mercy on you every day. Every day you live in his world, you are adopted into his family, you have been sealed with his Holy Spirit. He pours out his favor on you day after day after day. It's not just one day you know, he showed you his mercy at Calvary, and now he's, he's left you to your own. Every day, he just pours it out every single day. And you can anticipate what? Walking more and more in the mercy of God. Listen, the mercy of God in your life is just getting started. Every day, he, here's what he does. He looks at Christ's record of perfection, not your record of sin, every single day. When, when I'm sinned against, if I'm, if I'm more aware of how I feel, 
If I'm more aware of what that person deserves, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold mercy back. But if I'm more aware of the infinite mercy, mercy at the highest cost, showing that he is showing to me each and every moment. Listen, their sin's still going to hurt. Their sin, it's going to be painful. But I recognize that he took the hurt and the pain caused by me for me. I can recognize their, their, their sin on me is painful. Mine was the reason for Calvary, right? So if I'm more aware that God has shown me an infinite mercy and is right now dealing with that mercy towards me, that he is pouring out mercy on me right now, right now, and here's what he's going to do tomorrow. Here's his plan for tomorrow in my life. He's going to pour out more mercy on me tomorrow. I'm not going to ever exhaust the mercy of God. He just keeps pouring it out and pouring it out and pouring it out. Each day he shows me his mercy. I mean, how many times have I, have I had the same sin and the same pattern and the same cycle of, and the same prayers and just being in the same spot over and over? And Jesus Christ has never once rolled his eyes at me and brushed me off, waited for me to fix myself before I could come to him again. No, he's always has inclined his ears to hear my prayer. He not, then, he not, then he not only forgives me, he frees me progressively from the grip of sin and sanctifies me more and more. If he were to change the equation, right, for one day, one moment, if he made for a second, getting into heaven was based on my works, I'm done. And yet, not only am I not done, I'm eternally secure because of his mercy. Listen, no one will ever need more mercy that I deal with, that I interact with, than I've already received. So what he has done to me is shower me with mercy every day. Here's his plan for tomorrow, to shower me with mercy and the next day and the next day. And it is out of this overflow. He just poured out so much mercy on us that we can extend mercy to others. And so I can trust that when my flesh wants revenge, when my flesh wants to build up a wall, God is dealing with mercy towards me. When we see suffering, we can run to its aid because in his mercy, listen, it might be costly, but as we extend mercy to others, he extends more and more and more to us. Mercy does have an exchange in this passage, right? There's a a mercy given and a mercy received. But it is not an even exchange of mercy in this passage. We have been showered with mercy. Yesterday we are being... That is our experience today, and that is our experience for eternity, to to be showered with the mercy of God. It's even hard to imagine, but everything sin touches will one day be, be seen completely transformed by the mercy of God. We cannot merit the mercy of God. We cannot exhaust the mercy of God. We will never outgive the mercy of God. But what we can do is be transformed by the mercy of God. And then out of that transformation, extend his mercy to, to others as we look to the source of all mercy again and again. To, to look and look to walk in it in the world around us. Friends, it, it will be costly. Mercy pays the highest cost. But ultimately, he is the one who paid it. So that our identity would not be primarily givers of mercy, but recipients of his divine mercy. So let us be those who walk in the mercy of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let's pray. Father, would you help us to, would you help this church to be a church that continues to walk in the mercy of God, to daily look to the source of all mercy, and in looking to the source of all mercy, then extend that mercy to others.
Lord, I pray particularly in this season where it is, there are so many things and what is happening all around us that the enemy intends for evil, where the enemy intends to divide. Lord, I pray that your people will be those who are not divided, but who extend the mercy of God to one another and are united, not over same preferences or practices, but are united by the mercy of God and who look to extend that more and more in this community, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.